Hi, everybody. Welcome back. This is PWG's Well Chat. You are here with Dr. Nikki. And Dr. Eileen. Uh, it is the first episode of our second season, but we are sitting here on the Ides of March in 2020, and our world is different. It's fundamentally different. Wouldn't you say, Eileen? The whole world right now is different. Yep. And yeah, our world. We're going to take a- advantage of that change to to change what we were originally going to talk about. Yes, and, and ironically enough, we had we had realized that the mental health and the anxiety resources that we had talked about in last season seemed to resonate quite a bit. What's happening in the world right now with coronavirus, COVID, with essentially our way of life that we're used to disappearing for some unforeseen time, it's creating a lot of anxiety. And we thought it was really important to start talking about it in this forum. Right? Right. Okay. And anxiety in, in a sense that is very appropriate. Yes. For all uh, of us. So, you know, in contrast to some of the other episodes, again, this is an educational series. Uh, we want you to take what sounds interesting and please check with your own healthcare team before you make any changes. But in the spirit of what's going on with COVID, we really just wanted to start engaging in that conversation. So let's dive right in, Eileen. Uh, what's going on for you right now? <laughs> well, we are getting lots of phone calls, texts outside of the office. Um, it's interesting. Anybody that knows I'm a physician will definitely hand me a bottle of uh, alcohol-based sanitizer and then ask me what I think. Yeah, exactly. So even though I think there is a lot of really good and very accurate information out there, the levels of anxiety that everybody feels seems to be stimulating them to still reach out to their physician, healthcare friends to still get my personal opinion. Yeah, I would take it a step further and say that I think most people are really scared and they're they're managing to keep their head above water, but they're really scared. And what they're looking for is someone that they trust to give them the straight news and to help them make sense of what's going on so that they can still function. And, you know, it's almost like they're looking at you as a canary in the coal mine. I'm not going to panic as long as my doctor friends stop panicking. Right. <laughs> but as soon as my doctor friend panics, then I'm going to really, uh, then I know that, that everything's hitting the fan. And I think it, it is a way for them to ask our opinion of, in terms of how that, that the changes, how that's going to affect them personally too, yeah. right? It's yep. not just the global situation, but I need to talk to Dr. Nikki or Dr. Eileen to find out what they think about what this means for me, for my child, for my family. And you brought up a really good point that all of us have fear about this. Yeah. So it's important to recognize that. Well, by all of us, I'm, I am scared, right? We're all scared. Right. And I think one of the things that medicine does, a lot of professions do, is you sort of recognize that fear. It's sort of like you recognize the butterflies in your stomach, and then you have to marshal the forces to get those butterflies to fly in formation, and you have to move through it. You recognize that you have resources, that you have help, that you, that you have ways of getting through it, but it doesn't take away the fundamentals of having to do things that make you scared. I think that there's a lot of that in medicine. But I would be lying if I said I'm not scared. I'm not panicked. And to me, the difference between scared and panic, panicked to me, me assumes that I have no control. 
I have, there's nothing I can do to change the outcome. But in this case with COVID-19 or coronavirus or whatever word you use for it, there is something I can do. And we'll go into that. Uh, everyone's been listening to it, but there is stuff that we can do. There is stuff we can do. And interestingly enough, when we started talking about it in our, in our office and the things we were going to do for our staff, the one thing that was really noticeable that the physicians in our office had, for all intents and purposes, remained calm. We have... We understand the calculated risk, I'd like Mm -hmm. to say, about infection and infection control for this virus. I don't think any of us are surprised that it has become a global pandemic. I think we saw what was happening in the countries that this infection first started at, and and we are not surprised that it has gotten to this level, actually. Yeah, it was never a question of if. It was always going to be a question of when, and I still maintain that we probably have had coronavirus walking amongst us. Uh, we just didn't have the vocabulary to recognize that that's what it was. But I, I'm convinced that we have seen it and we're going to see it. And, you know, lots of us in our lifetimes will probably catch it at some point or the other. It, it, that's, it's, it's changed the, the flora and fauna of the germs that we're going to see out there. But it's not the zombie apocalypse right now. It's not, it's not that level. And but we recognize how serious this is potentially right. for certain age groups and risk categories. Right. Um, and we are talking about this, recognizing that there is going to be loss and there are going to be very sick people out there. And we're going to hold really good thoughts for everybody yes. that is either ill or going to contract this infection. Right. Well, we've, so we've been down this road before. We've been through this with H1N1. We've been through this with SARS. We've been through this with MERS. Um, I'm going to give it to our staff and our office. No one ever came to us and said, when are we shutting things down? Everyone just sort of looked at us and said, yep, we're going to be here for as long as we can to help our community and the families that we see and the kids that we take care of. And they still are. Shout out to all the medical frontline people out there. Yes. But you're right. Uh, Bad things are going to happen and that's going to, that's going to hurt. That's going to, that's going to make us feel sad in addition to a lot of people being scared I also think that even if you don't lose a family member, even if your level of grief ranges from I had to cancel my first trip to Disneyland to a wedding or a bar mitzvah or a, an, a, a whatever event, that's also, that's grief. Like all of those things. Or anger. <laughs> exactly, right? I mean, it, people talk about first world problems, but that's the it's world It's still we something live in. you're giving up. Exactly. And that's fair to be irritated or upset or whatever your feelings yeah. are. Yeah. And feelings, so segueing into the, the Kubler-Ross model, many of you have already heard this, but the seven stages of Greek, grief, shock, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, testing, acceptance. I I think that's a great framework for what's going on around us right now. Initially, it was that shock of there's this horrible, bad thing that 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 is happening in another part of the world is over there. And Mm -hmm. hopefully it won't come here. Um, Then there's denial. You could argue that some of the things that people tried to do, banning Travel. Or it's not coming. It's not coming it's here. It's not coming here it's as long there. as I shut my borders mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, trying to avoid the inevitable. Uh, that's part of denial. Then there's anger. Whose fault is it? Why is this 
why wasn't somebody going to do something about this? Why is this happening to me now? Or why didn't they contain it? Or right now also some anger about why didn't they figure out that we need more lab tests available? Exactly. Then there's a sort of bargaining. I'm trying to look for a way out. Um, Maybe if I do X instead of Y, then this is just not going to touch my family. Like if I buy 12 pallets of toilet paper. <laughs> I was just going to say something about TP. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> then maybe it's going to be fine. And, or and they I don't can make minimize. money because right. other people are actually looking for right. it. I mean, yeah. I don't, this is not meant to be a judgy thing, but no, sometimes you just have to at laugh all. at stuff or yes. else you're going to go crazy. We're just saying that we need a little levity here. Um, and then you finally move on into depression of, oh yeah, schools are closing. I'm, I can't just hang out with my friends on an extended snow day. I can't really be around people my entire way of life as I'm used to is Is not there Mm -hmm. right I think that that would make anyone depressed certainly the kids that we see um I feel like trying to rush through those stages is a mistake but everybody moves through them the shock denial anger bargaining and depression at different rates where I see a problem is if you get stuck in one of those five stages where um all you can do is have CNN on a constant loop. Right, just keep watching the news, looking for the one little nugget that's going to change the story for that day. And that, to me, is being stuck in a place that's not necessarily going to move you forward. I feel like the testing, where you're looking for realistic solutions and then finally moving to acceptance, where you move forward. Like, the only way through it is through it. Um, Eileen, I loved what you said about the, the R's, the three R's about the situation, right? Right. We were talking about reconnecting, redefining, reimagining. Yeah. These all go into the things we're going to talk about, about, I liked what you said. You said something about social isolation or social distancing isn't social, social isolation. So taking the time to see what this means, your life is changing, but where are some things that maybe you can recognize that you can make some positive changes because you have time and you are to some extent forced to be with hopefully your loved ones. Right. Or if you are by yourself, we live in a time where there are opportunities to be connected, even if you can't physically be with somebody. Um, I think some of the things, very basic things that I would suggest to people Turn off your TV and radio. Don't be a passive consumer of information and actually be intentional. What are the, where are the websites that you trust? Um, we have published lists and lots of references and they're all going to be the liner notes, but there's a ton of really trusted sources out there with great information. Sign up for alerts, the World Health Organization, CDC, your local health department, um, and then set aside times where you can check the information to make sure you're not missing a critical update rather than just passively sitting there and, you know, rocking back and forth and going, Oh my God, Um, turn it off and balance out what you're watching with being in the real world. What, what are some of the other things? Well, actually that goes back to what we talked about before with using technology anyway and, and trying to have scheduled time where you don't have a screen in front of your face. Yes. So, um, really balancing out what you're watching and how much time you're spending doing that. I think also thinking about how are you spending your time, 
right? If you're not doing screen time. So that goes to reimagining what you're going to do with your time. Some of us are lucky enough to be able to work from home. Um, Others of us, you and me, we cannot work from home. Correct. We have to be here. But instead of saying, wow, I have to work from home and I'm and I'm going to, my kids are not in school right now, and I'm going to have to do this for them. I'm going to have to be the school teacher, and I'm going to have to be the traffic police, and I'm going to have to do all of these things for them, and I'm used to, to having them at school and having this chunk of time to do this and this chunk of time to do this. I think this is a chance to reimagine what you could do, mm-hmm. to reconnect with your kids, to redefine the time you use, and, and I, I think come up with things. I well, we have a we have a totally separate podcast that we've got about lots of creative suggestions. But I I do love what you're saying, and really, you know, all of us have that list in the back of our minds of Gosh, if I only had more time, I would do X. Great, now you've got more time. Um, what are all of those things that we were pushing aside that, quite frankly, might be important as big life things? Um, we just didn't recognize them. There's, I'm blanking on the the person who. I can give credit to the quote. So by the time we get the liner notes, I'll put it in there. But, you know, really the idea is at the, at the end of your life, you're not going to sit there and go, gosh, I wish I had worked more. You're going to sit there and think, what were the things I could have done to appreciate the time I had with my loved ones? You know, can I just go back one more day and be bored with my five-year-old? Can I just go back one more day and hang out with my 11-year-old? Those are the moments we can recognize that now we have lots of opportunities to to be in those moments. Well, this this goes back to how you deal with the situation. And one of the things when you're living in a situation where a lot of negative negativity exists is looking at what you have. Right. Right? Looking Gratitude. at what you actually have, having compassion for people, other people, the situation we're all in as a as a as a whole group. And not just sitting there saying, well, look at all the bad things that are happening to me. Go right. ahead and do that. But then move on to, well, how can I make this time useful? How can I make this time valuable? I, I like the gratitude and compassion together. I know that there's a lot of people who are are really looking out for their neighbors or going on uh, platforms like Nextdoor and offering up their services to run errands or do something. Or do a meal. Do a or, meal to help right. out people who may not be able to do that. I love that. I, I think fundamentally... We are good people, and we are looking for ways to help other people in a time where we're all nervous. And I think those are really important suggestions that you had. You also suggested keeping some sort of journal. I think that's Um, really important. Um, And I don't think it has to be a poetic, flowery, you know, flowery, write 20 minutes a day. It could be even pictures or as a family record a video every day a 60 second video of what were the three things that 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 day that were good in that day just something that helps you capture what's going on in this moment this is a really important time I think for all of us and and it's important to reflect on that and it's important to reflect I mean by and large we're we're lucky we're really lucky. Right. Um, We're lucky because most of us are going to have access to the basic necessities of life. Yes. I may run out of toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't. We got you back. I promise on that I'll one. do the best I can with a 
the hygiene, not, not to, not to <laughs> make fun, but you know, we're pediatricians. So there's a lot of that kind of humor in our office, but I, I, I think it is an important time. It's a, it, it would be interesting also later on to look back at this time and say, what are some of the good things that came out of it, not just the negative, and maybe take those lessons going forward in talking to other people who have had to deal with hurricanes or blackouts or lack of water or climbing 17 flights of stairs if you lived in Manhattan to, you know, to go downstairs to brush your teeth at the fire yeah. hydrant yeah. Um, yeah. Or when there were blackouts or the people remember the things that happened mm -hmm. and the way they prepared and are more grateful for the ease of their life. I think there's been lots written about the times we live in and the divisions amongst us. And I can't help but wonder if this is an opportunity the universe is giving us to recognize that, that we really are a social species we need each other and we can stay connected and by staying connected that makes us stronger I, I just wonder but anyway I'm not going to get too philosophical but the you know the social distancing and social isolation are not the same I, I, we can pick up the phone and call there there's the opportunity for video chats I mean writing letters my daughter is writing letters to me now right I think she, that's it's lovely. lovely with little cartoons exactly. so that's a very nice tangible way to have a, something and I love it it's old-fashioned but it's really really lovely so I I hope we left you with a sense of of hope a, a little less of the doom and gloom and that that looking at this is an really amazing opportunity to reconnect with the real world or the analog world or the time before whatever you want to call it and all the people that you care about yes all the feel, people that you feel like you have a responsibility to but reconnect, redefine, reimagine. And you can do that by recognizing, being resourceful, and being reliant. And teaching your children to some extent to be reliant and self-reliant so that the parent doesn't have to do everything. Sometimes right. kids can come up with their own things to do. Fun fact, it's actually good for your kids to be bored. <laughs> There's data around that that spurs creativity. So don't feel guilty if your kids are bored. Um, it's an it's important part of the process. Anyway, all joking aside, stay healthy, stay safe. Wash your hands. Wash your hands for 20 with seconds. With soap and water. Yeah. And don't soap touch your face. Don't touch your face. Those germs want to go into your eyeballs, your nose, and in your mouth. Well, so if you don't touch your face, you're going to be, that's a really powerful way to avoid infection. And the, the antibacterial hoarders, you know who you are. This would be a good time to share some of that with people who may be medically fragile or vulnerable because honestly, just plain old soap and water for 20 seconds is fantastic. Um, you don't need five pallets of toilet paper. So for those of you who are really smart and stocked up, perhaps consider sharing with less fortunate. Um, and the social isolation, meaning keep yourself to yourself right now, is important and and let's just finish connecting those dots because I had somebody ask me that last week and the reason it's important is yes we know that people are going to get sick yes we know we're going to see more cases yes we know this is going to spread but if we can slow down how many people are sick at once then instead of 65 million people 
getting so sick that they need 160,000 ventilators because those are the projections. 65 million for worst case, and we have 160,000 ventilators. Maybe if we could slow it down, we wouldn't even need to tap into all of the ventilator capacity. So if we can keep it from a million people getting sick a day and bring it down, and if the way that we do that is by staying indoors, uh, that's something we can all do. Well said. Okay, on that note. Very well said. Uh, go and recognize, reimagine, reconnect, and be grateful. We know we are. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. <laughs>